All right, guys, fans can't wait to see this next man back in action. Finally, he's got an opponent, and he's coming against Daniel Rodriguez, UFC Fight Night on August 28th, which is going to be 29th here in Australia. The Motown phenom himself, Kevin Lee, back on Submission Radio. Welcome back, man. It's been a while, Kevin. In a, in a, I know maybe people can't see it, but it's a pretty nice room. You look like you're in some kind of penthouse suite. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, you know. I'm, I, I haven't uh, been in the media too much and kind of shot away from the public, but I'm still doing all right for myself. You know, I ain't too bad. Well, dude, let's talk about this crazy roller coaster that you've been on. First of all, I mean, you the first the fight gets moved from July to August because of an injury you were dealing with. Then we saw Sean Brady was first forced was yeah. uh, forced to withdraw due to injury. Then you challenge the division. You go, anyone with balls, step up. You directed it towards Mike Perry and Bilal. You wanted them yeah. to jump in. Now you've actually got a fight locked in. Someone actually agreed to fight you on August 28th. I mean, that would have been super, super stressful. Yeah, it's it's been uh it's been frustrating to say the least. You know, um, my main hope was just that I get to fight before the summer is up. Really, uh, I've been in training camp for so long, and before that, dealing with all these injuries, uh, two ACL surgeries. So it really set me back for a long time, and I just been itching and itching and itching to fight. So uh, me getting injured the first time versus Sean was unfortunate. I had to deal with another injury on top of that. But then him getting injured after that, it, it, that, that was the frustrating part. But uh, I asked for anybody with balls, and I'd be damned if Daniel didn't show up. And uh, this dude, he, after looking into him, to be honest, I didn't know who he was at first. But once I looked into him, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this, this dude uh, – He's definitely got the boss to, to get in there and throw in a good scrap. Yeah, shout out to Daniel Big Balls Rodriguez. Uh, but I, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, were you bummed out that Mike Perry and Bilal couldn't do it? Um, obviously, those were the bigger names of the guys uh, you wanted. Uh, and did the UFC approach you about those guys at all? Yeah, I, I'll give it to Bilal. He actually said that uh, he would take the fight, but he wanted it in September. So, you know, I understand how those things work. You you want to, especially get for somebody to get ready for a fight against me, uh, they want to make sure they, they got a full training camp. So I understood that part and, you know, respect to him for actually offering at least to take the fight. But, uh, you know, Mike Perry would have been a good one. That would have been a good name. It would it honestly would have been a softball. And I was kind of looking for a softball. Uh, mm -hmm. I ain't had one yet in my career and, uh, Perry would have been that, but he didn't want to give it to me. So, you know, me and him, uh, I lost a lot of respect for the man after that. You know, I, I asked for that fight in May. He said, give him a little bit more time. So I moved on and, and, and wanted to fight Sean Brady in July. Uh, and he said he needed a few more weeks other than July. But then August 28th rolls around and he still he still ain't say nothing. So, you know, I, I lose a lot of respect for the man. And, you know, I, I say one thing and that's going to be the end of it between me and him. Uh, he can't never say he's from Michigan again. If I hear Anything come out of his mouth, they from Flint, they from Michigan, man, we gonna have some serious problems. There ain't gonna be none of that picture taking and handshaking when he see me. Uh, that, that that that's not how we get down from where I'm from. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but don't you dare say you're from Michigan. No, I'm kidding. Um, what I was gonna say because he was yeah. he's kind of having Florida a, man. He was having a rough run, and he was kind of saying that like you know I'm gonna leave everything to my coaching staff. This is out of out of my hands. But you you didn't buy that um, as the reason. I mean, the man doesn't even have a coach's staff. You mean leave it to his girl? Um, and if it's if it, and if it's on his girl's decision, well then, nah, I really lo lose a lot of respect, you know. So, um, you know, it, it, best of luck to him. Best of luck to him. I, I hope he uh, he do something. But you know, to to me, if you're not stepping up and you don't want to fight, 
then get the fuck out the way and let somebody else get in here. Um, do do what you do, but get the fuck out the way. You 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 holding up some other kids' dream that that want to be in here. So, you know, I ain't got no respect for it. You mentioned how you wanted sort of like a softball, and here you got Rodriguez. And I mean, for anybody who can look into him, he, this guy's far from a softball. He's got a two fight win streak. He beat Mike Perry, by the way. Preston yep. Parsons, he won as well. Do you kind of see him as one of the tougher matchups out of all the guys you were looking at fighting for August 28th? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's tougher than any of the other guys that I was calling out. Uh, it just seemed to be my luck of the draw. Always get the tough ones. So, <laughs> you know, a guy who had 200-something street fights, um, he says, and then, you know, a lot of Muay Thai experience and on top of uh, getting into MMA. You know, I don't underlook those things. You know, when when he talks about like fighting in prison and, and all this, I, I don't underlook that. That that's just as uh, relevant to me as somebody who's had 200 amateur boxing fights. Really? In fact, I think I think it's even more relevant because it's it's a street fight. It's it's anything goes. It's more like MMA than boxing is. Boxing has you know, if you take an amateur boxing fight, a lot of that is point fighting. A lot of that is 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 you know, you got the headgear, you got 16 ounces, you got a ref in there. Um, for him, he, he he's fighting in a in a in a place where nobody's even going to stop the fight. So I, I take that very serious, and and I think he has a lot more experience than uh than people give him credit for. Do you think that because of all the uh, the experience that he's had in being in fights and being able to keep his composure, that's why he's had this much success in the UFC so quickly, being able to take on experienced guys and get these wins? Yeah, I think I think it's uh. I think it's a different mindset that you got to get comfortable with when you when you uh, really embrace street fighting, you know, and, and the person I kind of look to for that is you can ask Clarissa Shields, you know, after her first MMA fight, she said it was a lot more like a street fight than any type of boxing match. Um, because when when you're in there, you, you're not necessarily thinking about the ref, you know that the ref is there, but but you can get choked out. You can get put to sleep. You can you you kind of fighting for your life a little bit more. And uh, to me, that that's more like a street fight. So I think a lot of people that he's fought before have underestimated that. And uh, they just look at it as, you know, he's a little bit slower. Uh, his technique isn't always there, but but uh, his heart and his and his mind is what's going to get him through a lot of it. Mm. Well, even though he's maybe not the biggest name, you've obviously done your research. You know a lot about him. Uh, so when you look at him. Technically wise, how do you feel you match up against uh, Daniel? I think he does some things very good. Um, he does a lot of basics very good. Um, and if you overlook that, then, then he's going to light you up all night. But for me, I've got like a much more complete skill set. Um, I can wrestle a lot more. I, I can grapple a lot more. Uh, I can kick. I can box. I can, I can do all those things that he can do and, and even more so. I think uh, the the difference is going to be who's going to be the w most well-rounded fighter. Um, it's not just going to be a, a a pissing match and us going in there and just showing our heart. Mm. Man, you brought up this ACL stuff, so we got to get into it just quickly. I yeah. mean, anytime you hear ACL and injuries, you always freak out because you hope that you know 100% recovery can be made and it could be quick and speedy. But it's mm -hmm. always something that fans worry about. I mean, take us into it. What exactly happened? What kind of surgeries did you have? And how bad was it? Like, how bad were those knees? Yeah, I had a uh, a full ACL tear in um, April of 2020. Uh, surgery was in May of 2020. Um, and then coming back and recovering after that, there, there's a long recovery process. And, and about three months into the recovery process, I started walking around. I started feeling a little bit better and, uh, and, and tore my, my other ACL on my right knee. 
um, in about July and had the, the surgery in August. Um, so it, the two complete ACL tears, but two total reconstructions on them. And coming off that process of, of learning how to turn on the muscles again and, and, and reactivate my whole system, I, I feel like my legs have gotten a whole lot stronger and, and my body's been, I, I, you kind of almost have to be more in tune with your body in order to, uh, to, to, to heal from that. And I can see why so many people at the top have gone through ACL surgeries and come back better than they were before. Um, you know, George St. Pierre did it. Conor McGregor did it. Um, a, a lot of people have, have gone through these big surgeries and come out better. And uh, I, I can see why it's it's it takes a different level of focus and it takes a different level of of understanding of how your body works. So I, I feel like I've done that and uh, I, I've done that for a couple months now and I'm ready to come back. It, it takes that, but also it takes incredible mental toughness to be able to tell yourself, hey, listen, I'm going to get be able to get through this period and come back and compete at a high level. I mean, at any point when, when that second ACL went, were you just like, I, I could imagine you were just sort of down in the dumps over it. Did you ever consider even the fact that you might not come back? Did you ever think, man, I'm done with this. I can't be bothered with this. What were the thoughts that were going through your head? Because that's not something a normal person could even deal with. The, the the second ACL was uh was a little heartbreaking. It was a little more frustrating than anything. But honestly, it was the rib injury that I got getting ready for the Sean Brady fight um, that made me really question a lot of stuff. That made me question, like, damn, is my body even ready to to come back from this? Um, anybody who's had a, a a serious rib injury knows that that that's one of the most debilitating ones. You know that that one hurt a lot worse than than the ACLs even. Um, and it was more like an all-encompassing body, you know. When when I when I just hurt my knees, it was it was kind of I understood that it was just my legs. My the rest of my body didn't hurt, um, but hurting my rib after coming back uh, after these uh, the the surgeries almost made it feel like is my body gonna ever be ready again? Mm. And it took about a month before I, I felt like my body could handle the stress of of fighting again. And uh, that that was more of the the mental test for me. What kind of pulled you through it? Like you were saying that, and I, I know how you feel when you have like one injury and you're like, oh, I'll just get through this one. And then another one, you're like, oh, yeah. man. And then you have one more and you're like, dude, yeah. you have some pretty dark thoughts. Will I ever be the same? Who am I anymore? And all that kind of stuff. But so what was it that pulled you through it when the rib, when the rib happened and got you through that? Um, A, a, a couple things that, that, to be honest with you, I don't really want to talk about too much. Um, so a, a, a personal, a, a, a very personal thing kind of got me through it, uh, where I had to look at the outside for inspiration. I had to look at the outside for why am I doing this? And uh, so, something kind of happened in my life to give me that, that, that motivation. And honestly, it's what I've been looking for ever since my last fight, ever since I fought Charles Oliveira. Um, and I was in there and I, and I was looking for, why am I doing this? Um, I really didn't get that answer until after that second rib injury or after the rib injury. Um, that, that, that's when I kind of got my answer, but I know I'm being kind of vague about it, but it's, it's not, it, it's hard to, uh, to say without saying. It's interesting though, because you mentioned how you were looking for it after the Oliveira loss, but it was only after that rib injury that you found the answer. So mm. is that kind of like a weird silver lining to the whole horrible thing that you went through? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when when the rib first happened, uh, I spent about three days, you know, kind of pissed off at the world, uh, down on myself, all all that, just kind of mad as fuck. Um, but then when I got my answer, it it just glued everything together for me, and it, and it made it all make sense. Um, because because at that time I, I thought, you know, okay, I'm coming back to the first biggest event um, since all this COVID stuff happened. And, and it's kind of like the signal of the end of that pandemic and all this. And then you get a, that second, you get that second little drop. You get that second mm. little wave. It's like, fuck, like, all right, I guess this is just what my life is going to be like. I guess I'm just going to be injured forever. I guess I'm going to heal from this and then come and uh, break my arm or do something crazy like that. But uh, I, I saw a silver lining at the end of it and it, and it made it all make make a whole lot more sense and make better. Mm. It's interesting because it sounds like despite, you know, you having so many fights already, you know, fighting for a belt and stuff, it sounds like you got a completely new perspective on fighting. So what, what is your motivation for fighting these days? Because it sounds like you just got a, a brand new one very recently. Yeah, it's uh, a, a lot of my fights ha have always been mental, you know. I think anybody who's, who's followed my career and actually seen me fight, um, you haven't really seen me beat up. You know, you ain't, you ain't really seen no man uh, uh, really beat me. It's it's more, you've seen me lose, for sure you've seen me lose. But it's, it's a lot of my, my battles have all been mental. So uh, for this last chapter, this last year and a half to be strictly a mental fight, um, I think it'll make the, the actual physical fighting so much better. When I, when I step in there on August 28th, it's, it's going to be a celebration before the punch, the first punch is thrown. Um, it's, it's just a celebration of, of coming back after everything that I've been through and, and realize that you can keep going and I can keep pushing and keep moving. And, uh, and the physical battle is going to be kind of easy. It's now, I, was, fun I was thinking about your career res recently, Kevin, and I was thinking it's so impressive because when people go through your record, you've literally fought some of the best of the best guys are going to become champion. And the other thing about it is you've been fighting from such a young age, you've been out on the world stage for such a long time and you've been through the scrutiny of people saying, oh, you know, Kevin, he lost, he's no good. And then you've been through the highs of people going, oh, Kevin's the next big thing. And then you got up to that title shot, it almost happened. And mm -hmm. you're still super young now. And you've had like a life's worth of, of knowledge and things happen to you in, in, in such an early part of your career. Do you mm -hmm. ever think about the fact that the how crazy it is that you've been able to survive this journey from such a young age and still be here and fighting at this super high level and then also fighting these new perspectives about your career that you didn't have before yeah in in a way it in, in a way it's very it's very strange for me because it almost feels like like i get a new chance to start all the way over um even though I, I have had this big history uh, of being in the UFC for so long and people have seen me grow through, throughout this whole time, it almost feels like, one, I, I've never really made a, a serious championship run. Um, th this time is spent mostly kind of growing and, and, and just fighting and, and just fighting and fighting and fighting and without much time to stop and really sit back and, and, and plan and, and execute a, a, a serious route. So I don't think I've really made a championship run. You know, I, I had that title shot, 
But that was just kind of something that just fell in my lap through talking shit and and uh, and, and kind of gaining a lot of popularity. But it's not something that and me as a competitor have put together yet. Um, so for me to just start this, it, it seems like I'm starting a, a, a new chapter on, on a whole different career. Um, but like you said, it, it, it has been a long one and it has been like for me to still be young and still my body still be able to do this. Uh, one of the silver linings about coming after all these injuries is I realize that I'm young and, and my body is able. I'm, I'm, I'm getting stronger even. Um, most people, when they come through these, these type of injuries and stuff, their numbers, their numbers go all the way down. I've seen it. Uh, the UFC is, has, you know, they keep record of everybody. So I, I've seen people, uh, you know, come back after a serious injury and their numbers drop down. And I've seen some people come back after a serious injury and their numbers go up. And, and I'm in that category with the young guys. So um, even though I'm a veteran, I'm still very young. And, and that gives me a lot of, yeah, a lot of hope. Mm, yeah, it's, it's super exciting, man. Like you mentioned, it's kind of like a fresh start. And you mentioned the strength. So at what point did welterweight become, you know, the division for you that you're going to return to? And um, yeah. Because I know you were sort of toying with the idea of going back to lightweight, I believe. When did, when did it become, yep, definitely going to be welterweight? And is that your division for good? Or is this kind of, uh, you know, coming back from injury, you didn't want to cut as much weight? What, what exactly is the plan? Um, a, a couple of reasons. Um, one was uh, after I seen Kamaru Usman in his last fight, uh, I realized that he's definitely the number, uh, the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world, uh, especially now that Khabib is retired. And, and I've always gone after the biggest challenges. You know, I think martial arts is about pushing yourself. So uh, that gave me a lot of like, oh, OK, <laughs> yeah, I, I see there's some competition up there. Before, Walter Waite was kind of in this weird uh, standstill when Tyron Woodley was the champ and, and everybody kind of played politics in order to get up there. Um, but now that you got a serious competitor, that gave me a little bit of motivation. And uh, it, it was the weightlifting. Coming off these surgeries, I, I did a lot of weight training on my legs. And with that, I had to, I, I trained the upper body too, which I've never done in my career. Um, I haven't done since I really was in college, 18, 19 years old. So the weightlifting put put on the size as muscle. And uh, and when I compared it with other people in, in, in the UFC, I noticed that my numbers were the exact same as a lot of these welterweights. And uh, it, it was just time for me to to stop fighting and go ahead and make that move. So do you see yourself ever going back to lightweight? Like, it would that have, have to be a situation where there's someone there where you're mm -hmm. like, all right, this is a true challenge? Or is it a situation where you're pretty much done with it? Uh, I'll, I'll come back to fight Oliveira, um, possibly. You know, I feel like that's one that, that we need to run back. Um, I feel like there was a lot of factors in that fight that... that um, Warrant a rematch for sure. Uh, so Oliveira would be one that I would come back for, and of course Khabib would too. Um, I would I would go back down if Khabib was to come back and somehow win the title and, and talk about defending it or something like that. Uh, that's always been somebody I, I would challenge myself against. But if Oliveira gets a couple more wins, for sure I, I'll, I'll come back against him. Mm. I know how much you wanted that Habib fight. Uh, we've spoken about it so many times. That was that was that's like your white whale, the one that you always wanted. <laughs> Um, I yeah, wonder. I'm Captain Hook out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man. I know. I mean, they're not the same person by any means. But you've got uh, mm -hmm. you've got Hamza Shemaev at welterweight now, and um, they're not exactly like Habib and, and Hamza are not exactly allies. What do you think of Hamza? He's kind of a new guy in the division. You're shaking your head. What, what, what do you What do you make of him? 
Nah, I mean that this is just it's, it to me it's comparing apples and oranges, you know. And uh, just because they both Russian don't mean that they, they they're they're similar at all. Um, I don't think uh, Hamza Hamza is how you say his name. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not really the challenge. He, if, if, any, if anything, he's chasing me. You know, I, I'm, I'm chasing Khabib. He, he's behind me, and uh, I'm not in the, the business of looking behind me. Because, I, I mean, it's interesting. He's fighting uh, Li Jing Lang at UFC 267. And, I mean, you're not going to look past Rodriguez, but if things go to plan, it kind of looks like on that uh, trip to the title, he could possibly match up with you in terms of trajectory-wise. But you think, nah, not someone who's really in the target view you know what honestly i i think he is uh the product of of popularity um amongst these russian fighters you know that that is one of the things that khabib does bring to the game uh is is just this crazy popularity and in these uh i don't know i think there's some tomfoolery going on behind there to be honest with you i think there's a lot of shit behind the scenes i think there's a lot of uh, uh russian bots if if we <laughs> if we gonna talk about it you know uh, and people are like sheep. They like to follow the crowd. So if they see a whole lot of digital numbers going up, then they uh, tend tend to go with those numbers. And I think uh, Hamzad is going to benefit from that. But, you know, it's, it, that's not something that I, I, I'm not interested in playing them games, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of games and not playing them, don't ever play games with your balls. They deserve the absolute best when it comes to grooming and shaving. And that is Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0. Dude, Father's Day is around the corner. You know, treat your hairy dad to something nice. Don't rack your brain and waste your, your cognitive space on thinking what gift to get them this year. Uh, just make it easy. Make it simple. Get the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 or the Performance Package 4.0. Take care of your hairy dad or for any of you sugar babies out there, your hairy daddy. It is the best grooming tool on the market. 7,000 RPM of power, the skin safe technology, so it doesn't cut your balls or your father's balls. Uh, you can groom anywhere you like. It's waterproof. You've got the LED light. The new 4.0, you can turn the LED light off if you don't need it. It's got the travel lock function, so it doesn't go off in your bag and waste half the battery. Treat them to the best. They're giving away 20% off with the code SUBMISSION. You can get one for dad, one for yourself. You can be matching two birds, one stone. That's what, we're, that's what we're all about here at Submission Radio. And don't forget, when you use the code SUBMISSION, get the 20% off. You also get free shipping. So you're saving money all around. And that's just good times. Isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, man. And dude, speaking of the code submission, how about this? If you guys go into my bookie right now, you can take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. Some big fights coming up this weekend. Manny Pacquiao is back. How about Jared Kanye versus Kelvin Gaslam? So much fun stuff to bet on. Go to my bookie today. Use that code word submission. Get that up to $1,000 bonus and bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And I know right now we're in lockdown, Cass, and it, it kind of sucks, but hopefully things get better across here, across Australia. When we make sure that, that you are prepared for the next big matchup, whether it's UFC 266, the AFL, NRL, or even the NBA, starting back up again with Matchpoint. Matchpoint shows you the absolute best sporting pubs in your area and exactly what fixtures they're showing. Download the app now in our link description below and put an end to those annoying calls to pubs trying to find out what they're showing. Match Pint is your best mate for sport. 
Um, Kev, well, we were talking about the division. I've got to also get your thoughts on this rematch between Kamara Usman and Colby Covington. I mean, yep. you mentioned how when you saw Usman, you saw that he's pound for pound, one of the best guys in the division and a huge challenge for you. But how do you think this rematch goes at UFC 268 between Covington and Usman? You know what? I mean, I, I, I'm, that first fight was so close. Um, and, and the thing is, Covington's had a lot of time to to heal from from that fight, and you know he he had the fight with uh, I think he fought Tyron Woodley after that, um, which wasn't really much of a fight for him. You know he didn't take any damage. He he uh, he barely got pushed in that fight. So I think he's had a whole lot of time to heal. Um, and Usman's been fighting, you know, and Usman's been through multiple training camps and multiple really big training camps. So. Uh, I, you know, I, I think skill wise that that Kamara was better, but with the factors and everything, Kobe, Kobe might give them a tougher fight than than they had the first time. So that, that that's one that I'm definitely interested in watching for sure. Would it change anything for you if Colby won? Because I know you're kind of looking at party motivation is Usman, the fact that he's kind of like the pound for pound guy right now. Would that change yeah. anything for you if, if Colby was to beat him? Yeah, I mean, if you beat the man, then you are the man. Um, and Kobe uh, would, would present some challenges to me, um, mainly the cardio. You know, I think cardio has been a a, a thing in the in the past couple years for me. Um, it's something that that I put to rest. I think you know, you really, to be honest, I, and I'm gonna be straight up, you you really don't know until you step in there. So I'll know more on August 28th. Um, but against a guy like Kobe, he'll definitely test your cardio. So. Uh, I think that's the last missing piece for me. I, I think uh, skill for skill, I'm better than anybody in the world. But um, there, there's some areas that I can improve in it. And Kobe probably would test them for me. So, yeah, if he beats the man, then he is the man. And uh, I, I'm on his head. All right. Well, speaking of August 28th, man. And by the way, like super excited to see you back. So happy that everything's worked out. You've got an opponent. Appreciate it. Got to get this prediction from you, though, man. How do you see yourself winning it against Daniel Rodriguez? I see myself beating Rodriguez bell to bell, bell to bell every time and in every situation that we in, um, I beat him. So it's going to be a hell of a fight. He's going to stand in there. He's going to get bloody. He's going to take some shots. Um, but after the first exchange, he's going to realize that there's different levels to this game. And uh, he took a major step up. Hats off to him. But uh, I appreciate it. And I'm taking home that check. Well, there you go, guys. The the comeback, the return happens on August 28th. Kevin Lee versus Daniel Rodriguez is going to be the 29th in Australia and New Zealand because of the time difference. Follow the man on Twitter and Instagram at Motown Phenom. Another deep chat, man. Love chatting with you, Kevin. I feel like our chats always get really deep and uh, just a genuine sure. pleasure, man. Happy to see you doing well in life, man. So thank you so much for your time and best of luck, man, on, on the 28th. Always. I appreciate it, my guy. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure talking to you, boys.